I am the Supreme Irreverend Dr. Randy Tyson, and I took the left at the valley. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists, you know. We don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. Coming at you from your favorite drive-thru, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin and I am your host. Joining me as usual is our favorite <laughs> cheeseburger and fries combo. Oh. Nancy Taylor, how are you guys doing? Am I cheesy? Is that, I'm a cheesy combo? Is that, what, what? Well, there's some days you could be a little slice of cheese short of a full meal or something, <laughs> or a full happy meal. It's like now I, I know I can get a t-shirt that says cheesy combo and put it right across the front. Nice, I love oh, it. Oh, man, I, I'm happy. Happy about that. How Sounds you guys good. Doing? Tyler, how you been, buddy? Oh, I'm tired. Uh, you <laughs> had your coffee. Don't give me that. And we have a guest in the studio. We have another Kevin. The Kevins are taking over. How you doing, Kevin? Doing great. Thanks, Kev. Would welcome, you Kevin. Yes, welcome. Welcome to the show. Good to be here. Would you be so kind, sir, to give us a Reader's Digest version of who you are? Uh, well, because we don't want people to believe that we just kidnapped you off the street. Right? Yeah, no doubt. Um... You'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> I like him already. <laughs> uh oh! Seems like I'm going to have a little competition for that cheesy uh, cheeseburger <laughs> cheese T-shirt. Coming. Nobody can out cheese me. Let me. Yeah. Tell you. <laughs> uh, Ke- Kevin and I agree on 99 percent of everything. Which Kevin? So that Kevin. That Kevin. So that, Kevin. that makes him pretty smart. Other Kevin. That makes him smart in my book. <laughs> okay. Hey, we're getting smart people in this podcast. That's it. I'll balance me out anyway. <laughs> if you agree with me, I if you agree with me, then you're smart. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> hey, I take that personally. <laughs> you should. <laughs> uh, well, welcome to the show. It's a show about uh, positive atheism, skeptical thinking, and secular humanism. Today we're going to have a show where we're going to be talking about Gnostic versus Agnostic. That should be interesting, and we'll have a guest that we'll bring via Skype in a few minutes. But first, let's have a little bit of chit-chat. Anything you guys want to talk about during the week? It's the Abbotsford Air Show. It is. I don't even Anybody want to care? talk. It's so noisy. I mean, it brings a lot of people into Abbotsford and they enjoy themselves. But to me, it's just dog panic for three days. <laughs> yeah, <you do> <laughs> Says the 80-year-old woman. Surprise. surprise. No, not 80 yet. Wait a minute. I'm still in my in the prime of my youth. It's 79. I'm not 80 yet. Hang in a couple of months. It's too loud. It's too yeah. <laughs> Shocker. Uh, and uh, they, uh, in the uh, air show, they actually have an F-35, that very controversial jet that's costing that. billions of dollars. They actually have one. Wow. I have absolutely no idea what the hell you're talking about. It's a jet plane. It's, well, it, I kind of figured that when he said new, jet. It's, <laughs> the newest, it's the newest thing. It's supposed to be a great, great plane, but it's gone way over budget in any way, shape, or form. It barely can't even fly at night. It's got one engine. It's, it's a, a disaster. It's one of those uh, government programs that's been nothing but a disaster so far. So that's interesting. So nothing special about it, like it's immune to radar or anything cool like that. No, it's not. It's not a stealth technology jet or anything like that. It's supposed to be the next generation after the F twenty two Raptor. If you're a bit of a knowledgeable about jets, I like don't know shit about planes. Then shut the hell up and let me. Tell you. <laughs> that's why I'm asking. That's why I'm asking. Wait, since when does he have to be quiet when he doesn't know anything? <laughs> when did that become a rule? <laughs> yeah, see, I talk a lot when I do know something, and then when I don't know something, I talk a lot because I ask questions. 
question. So I'm not <laughs> shutting up either way. Well, that's the Abbas Fred Air Show. <laughs> 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 Anything else you guys want to quickly chit-chat about before we move on? Well, every other episode we call Donald Trump a moron. So maybe we should just open it with that every show. <sighs> okay. Donald Trump's a moron. Yeah. Well, he said Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton founded ISIS. Mm-hmm. And then they called him on it. And he's like... I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I think maybe he meant he actually found them. You know, he, they happened to be searching and found ISIS. <laughs> well, they found it. <laughs> he, he said they created them, right? So, and from what I remember, I saw this clip of Barack Obama. Thanks, do- Obama. Yeah, Obama was doing this really funny speech, and he was kind of making fun of Trump. And Trump was in the audience. And he's like, ah, now Donald Trump can get back to serious things. Like, uh, who killed Tupac? And, <laughs> like, and he was going, apparently Donald Trump thought the whole fake birth certificate yeah. thing was he real. Did, with, yeah, yeah he okay. Oh, yeah, um, he was, a, yeah. Yeah, he was a, the front man for the birther movement. And bro, you got to look this clip up. It just, he destroys Donald Trump. It was absolutely hilarious. I didn't know Barack Obama was so damn funny. Oh, he oh yeah. He totally oh, is. he yeah. could be a stand-up comedian tomorrow if he wanted. I, you know, I th- he's he's coming to the end of his mandate there. I think history is going to be fairly gentle towards Barack Obama. I think, I think so. I know a lot yeah. of our Americans' listeners would disagree, but you know, from a, a Canadian perspective, I think people uh, history is going to be fairly kind to Barack Obama. Call, call it a conspiracy theory, but it almost looks like they're like, okay, we can have the first black pre- black president. But it can only be in a time when he inherits a whole bunch of bullshit. Because he had, like, the worst start possible, right? Oh, yeah. totally, totally. And he did so well. Like, coming after George W. Bush, he just broke the damn thing. And then they say, okay, now we're going to make the black guy fix it. Well, he, he, he did a pretty good job. No, he did a great job. So. He had a Democratic Congress in, a Democratic Congress in the, the first term. And still had... A massive opposition, but then when Congress turned Republican, oh, yeah. the second, it, it, it's a miracle that he got anything through at all. I still, I still wish he had done more than what. Uh, I mean, he should have completely, especially after his second election, he should have just gone completely gangster and just say, you know what, screw you, I'm just gonna executive order this, executive order that. He should have just gone with that. But yeah, just rip up the Constitution and let's do it because it's yeah. good for the country and every, my legacy. Every other president's <laughs> done it, so why not him? No. <laughs> Unfortunately, the man has ethics and they keep holding him back. <laughs> uh, American politics, there's no ethics. Yeah, but he, I, I think you're right. I think history, you know, considering what he inherited and the opposition that he got, oh, yeah. that what he, if, if he had had a, a Democratic Congress the second term, we would have been further. Those of us who are liberal, um, progressive Democrats would have would have had an awful lot. Well, and you'd have something better than Obamacare, I think. Anyways, I have my own complaints about Obamacare. He wanted Canadian health care, right? So yeah, yeah it's close to it as he could yeah, get. Yeah, they kind of. But then we're gonna have the first female president, whether. Yeah, Whether said, Kevin Francis <laughs> likes it or not. Yeah. Are, are you talking about Donald Trump? Yes. Yeah, Ivanka's going to be the first female I tell you what. Bo- I tell you what bothers me more than Donald Trump. What bothers me is the fact that you have all of these commentators and you have all these reporters and they decry everything that the man says and they're talking heads all they do is repeat the same oh my god can you believe he did this and then they're on nobody calls him on it to his face they don't say for instance when when uh, trump was saying uh, they founded um, ISIS and they're the MVP. Mm. Nobody says, and exactly how did they do that, Mr. Trump? 
Well, they're starting to. Mm-hmm. I think I think the the media is finally starting to wake up and say, "Okay, this is starting to get a bit ridiculous here." I hope yeah. so because the endless discussion about the same thing over and over and over without really calling him on it. Um, but I think the American public are waking up because Hillary I is drawing so. ahead, and people are wise to the fact that Trump is really uh, a megalomaniac who knows nothing about I running just, a country. I still think Sanders would have been the better choice. But anyway, mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. Anyway, Nancy, you ready to go? It's time I, to set you up. I'm, I'm already going, so it's just a matter of changing course. <laughs> All right, here we go. This day in history, which is a roundup of those events and individuals that altered and illuminated the days between August 8th to August 14th. And talking about the, uh, the election and the campaign going back to 1692 on August the 8th, it was the beginning of the Salem Witch Trials. <laughs> there, are some, there are some parallels uh, you know, uh, between the two. And anyway, the episode of the Salem Witch Trials is uh, one of the colonial America's most notorious case of mass hysteria. And it's been used in political rhetoric and popular literature as a vivid cautionary tale about the dangers of isolationism, religious extremism, false accusations, and lapses in due process. Does that sound familiar to anybody? I get them confused. Is that the one that started with the little girls lying? Yeah, that was the one. Because I know there was one where they kept persecuting women and then they accused a politician's wife. And then he's like, okay, gone too far. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. This was when they, they, they did. The little girl started it with a lie, and it just built and built and built. And uh, they put them on trial. And uh, I don't know how many of the women were actually hung as witches and, and run out of town. It was, it was a horrible, horrible uh, episode. Um, and, and a lot of historians consider the lasting effects of the trials to have been uh, influential in subsequent United States history, believe it or not. No, pre-germ theory, right? So. Yeah. Um, a historian um, actually said that the Salem witchcraft was the rock on which theocracy shattered. Interesting. At any rate, August I'm just glad I didn't live in that time because with my hair chest, I would have been condemned as a werewolf or something. Yeah. <laughs> I you? thought you were. Tyler, did you lie to me? Yeah. <laughs> August the 9th is National Peacekeeper Day, um, and um, in 1944, on August the 9th, Smokey Bear debuted as spokesman for fire prevention. Only you. Go Smokey. August 11th is Independence Day in Chad, and in 3,000, 3114, is that 3,000, um, oh, 3,114, I can't read numbers very well. That was the date of creation according to the Mesoamerican long count calendar. Anyway, that's the date of the creation of the world. Um, going back, let me, the, the Mesoamerican... Mayan calendar. Yeah, the, the Mesoamerican long count calendar is a non-repeating calendar in use with a number of pre-Columbian Mesoamerican cultures, in particular the Mayan. So according to Mayan mythology, the gods Kukulkan and Tepeyou, boy, am I going to murder, I murder this just the okay, exactly the same they, way they I do French. You. It's a dead language anyway, I don't think anybody knows. Yeah. You'll have the same effect as Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I won't do anything. The, the gods decided to create a species on earth which looked like them. And the first attempt 
they used mud and that fell apart. So with the help of other gods, they then tried wood, but the resulting people were soulless and had to be destroyed. And finally, the gods tried maize, and that was successful. So <laughs> that's why there's corn? a worshiping of corn. maize. <laughs> yeah. So that's we're all made of corn. That's a date of that's a date of creation. Yeah, we're all, all a little corny. <laughs> uh oh. August the twelfth is World Elephant Day, and an Unearth Day for a very special girl named Sue. And it's and he, Sue Sue the T Rex. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, good, good. You, you nailed it. In 1990, Sue, who is the largest and most complete Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, skeleton found a date was discovered by Sue Hendrickson and named after her. She was in South Dakota and the interesting part about it is that she was part of a team and they were looking for bones. They didn't find any um, on that particular trip but um, their truck broke down and so while the rest of the crew went to town to to fix the flat tires, Sue Hendrickson stayed behind and started. She well, while she's there, she might as well you know take a look. And she yeah. went to some of the cliffs and noticed the bones. And by the time the guys got back, she said, "Hey guys, look what I found!" Nice. It was it was great. The interesting thing is that. It was um, part of it was on on Sioux territory and part of it was own territory. So with the discovery came a big hassle as to who actually owned the bones and who could profit in the bones. And the FBI finally had to step in and separate the bones from the, the private owner. Which was I don't think there's been any anything. We'd make a great movie. So anyway. Um, Sue uh, was the largest and most extensive and best preserved, and they found over 90% of her. Um, she has a length of 12.3 meters, stands six, 3.66 meters, which is 12 feet tall, um, at the hips. And um, when she was discovered, they, uh, after, after those ownership disputes were settled, she was auctioned off in 1997 for 76 million bucks, which is the highest amount ever paid for a dinosaur fossil. And now for two points, since you had the one point saying that it was Sue, where does she now reside? Oh, God. In a museum in England. A museum is good for a half a point. Anybody want to take a guess? New York City. You would think, but the Smithsonian didn't have enough money to pay for her, and it's in the Field Museum of Natural History in Chicago. Yeah. That is the worst name for a T-Rex ever. Sue? Sue? Yeah, yeah, when I think of T-Rex, it's like tank. It's like <laughs> S-I-O-U-X, like Sue Indian? No, 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 no it's named S-U-E. after Sue Hendrickson, S-U-E. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it was found on Sioux territory. Yeah, and it was found. I would name my bones way better than that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't something. think the T-Rex had a name. Another um, incident, which is paled, of course, by Sue's unearthed day. They can't say a birthday because they don't know exactly when, so it's her unearthed day. In 1992, Canada, Mexico, and the United States announced completion of negotiations for NAFTA, which is being brought up in the elections, and and not too complimentary. I'm not a supporter. So. No. Uh, August 14th, moving to our last day, is VJ Day, and that's the day that President Truman announced that Japan had surrendered to the Allies. And that, dear listeners, brings to a close another passing parade of interesting, mundane, unusual, and occasionally bizarre events and people that make up this day in history. 
Thank you, Nancy. That's great. Great story about Sue. I love it. What is, and uh, they had a little, um, I, I don't know who it was that put something on my news feed that showed dancing dinosaurs celebrating Sue's birthday. <laughs> so cute, these little things. <laughs> so, <laughs> Did you, you see know? that video that I posted the other day from Christians Against Dinosaurs? It's like this apparently attractive woman explaining how dinosaurs never existed oh, and yeah. scientists just a, invented yeah. them. It's going to be a satire group, right? I hope. I sure hope so. I really hope so. I've been in the Facebook group. I got kicked out within 24 hours, but... Yeah. Well, that's, that's your national average, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, kind of. That <laughs> that's why I had to make my own group. Nobody can kick me out. She was quite bizarre. <laughs> All right. Oh, you did see that. Yeah, did, it was yeah. in my group. That was freaking hilarious. Yeah. And we'll be right back right after this. What is secular humanism? Critical thinking. Knowledge is freedom. Freedom from ignorance and its offspring, fear. The BC Humanist Association has been active in the Vancouver area for over 25 years. We offer a friendly and welcoming place to make new friends, as well as free educational lectures. We invite you to join us any Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Oak Ridge Senior Centre. Please visit our website for more details at bchumanist.ca. Interested in a particular topic? You ever wonder where we find all this information? The Common Sense Canadian is a forum for critical discussion of the key issues shaping our world today. Water, energy, food security, and how we manage our resources to the public benefit while preserving our environment. So go to commonsensecanadian.ca. It's uncommonly sensible. Hi, I'm the Supreme Irreverend Dr. Randy Tyson from the Legion of Reason Diversion. Join me and my co-hosts, Christine Shelska, Twyla, and Nate Phelps, as we explore issues at the intersection of atheism, humanism, and skepticism. Topics range from alternative medicine to the interference of religion in public policy. We often have special guests to help us understand the topic du jour. Previous guests include biologist Jerry Coyne, ex-Muslim author Ali Rizvi, philosopher Peter Bogosian, and the late physicist Victor Stanger. You can watch us on the Legion of Reason YouTube channel or subscribe to the audio version through your favorite podcatchers such as iTunes or Stitcher. And don't forget to like the Legion of Reason Facebook page. And we're back. So we're going to get Christopher on the line here, and we're going to have a bit of a nice talk with him about Gnostic versus Agnostic. Remember the Richard Dawkins scale? Where do you stand on that? Do you actually want me to answer? No, keep it for the show. Oh. Just, it's for the audience. It's not just you. <laughs> there are people out there, believe it or not, there's probably like five or six of them actually listening. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get Chris. All right, so our next guest is Chris Pike out of England. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Oh, I'm all good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Let me find at least the, uh, where is it? The applause so, so we can actually bring you in personally like we always do because we have a live audience, right? It's all good. I can provide my own applause. I'm quite used to it. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. All right, that's our very live audience. 
Chris, I hope it's not too late there in England. I hope we're not bothering you too much over there. Hello, Chris. Hello. Okay. <laughs> thought, thought I lost you there for a sec. Would you I be so what? kind to give us the Reader's Digest version of who you are, good sir? So, yeah, I'm Chris Pike. Um, I've been friends with Tyler for, what, two or three years now, probably. Oh, my, con- my condolences. We group my together condolences. on Facebook. Uh, he's approached me for coming on with you lot because I host a site called Answers in Reason, which was founded as a response to the Answers in Genesis site trying to provide reasonable answers based in reality as opposed to whatever one may wish to say about our competitors. <laughs> oh, good stuff. You get a lot of traffic on your website, I'm hoping? Um, I'm not the person to ask about that, to be fair. I run the site with a couple of other friends of mine. One is a guy called Alan Whistler, who writes some incredible articles. And the other one is Joe Johnston, who also writes some great articles, but he's the tech wizard. Okay. Uh, but through the site, we get about three, 4,000 people that the articles reach each time, roughly, so we don't do bad. So make sure, make sure you send me the link to your website later on so we can post it in the notes of the show. I will do. And they have a Facebook group, too. It's actually really good. Oh, excellent. Yeah, we've got a group which is based around another kind of discussion, debate kind of forum, and we have a page as well where we post our articles and various bits and pieces which interest us. Yeah, and you also cover other things that isn't just a response to answers in Genesis, like I uh, shared your vaccine post the other day. Oh, yeah, that was one by Joe. Very good piece. Yeah, really good. Especially if you don't just read the title. And it's... uh, Yeah, I posted it in my group and... The headline was something like, the people who are anti-vaccine are right. Anti-vaxxers are right, I think, was the headline for that one. Yeah, we should, all life is sacred. We shouldn't be killing these diseases. And then somebody commented. Yeah. Well, he's being sarcastic, right? Okay, okay. And then somebody somebody commented on it, and they're like, this better be satire. I'm like, okay, maybe if you actually open the link instead of reading the headline, what's wrong with people? But yeah, one click and five seconds of reading would easily solve this problem. Yeah, the re- the reason yeah. I the reason I like the site is because it's very aggressively sarcastic. It's absolutely hilarious. Awesome. Yeah, we try our best. Chris is kind of a dick. That's why we get along so well. <laughs> <laughs> the comments um, are teller, not necessarily those. I'm not reason. All right. Well, while I get you here, Chris, we'll get into a segment that we always love call another brilliant, brilliant moment. moment. Brought to you by religion. Ah, uh, yes. The weird and wacky world of religion. Well, did you guys know that apparently the U.S. is in a very great position because apparently they have the hand of God as protection? You guys didn't know that, right? Don't they always? Well, apparently they don't anymore. Because in the column, a conservative activist and musician, Pat Boone, declared that God has lifted his hand of protection from the United States of America. Claiming that the use of food stamps, the national debt, and ISIS terrorism are all signs that we're pretty much on our own now. While Boone expressed dismay about both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, he said that there is a chance that Trump will seek to do the will of God if elected. Another guy who's pushing Trump. (sighs) So, (laughs) instead of mourning in America, we have 20 trillion of unpayable debt, dollar bills, and about zero cents in purchasing power. CIA reports of festering ISIS cells in 50 states and 47 million citizens on food stamp. 
I wonder where he gets these numbers. Following a president and attorney general who refused to enforce a- existing laws, immigration laws, we have a candidate who intends to admin, admit 80,000 Syrian refugees into the country. While both the FBI and CIA guarantee there will be many trained terrorists in that number. So, uh, God is no longer protecting the United States. Well, did the hand did, did the hand of God go someplace, well, or is it just retracted until it's the U.S. It's a Christian God, so it's full of holes anyway, right? Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so th- this is a Christian admitting that God's not doing anything, and God's that the world no looks protecting. the way that it would if there was no God. But if Trump, yeah, we're making progress. So if Trump gets elected, the hand returns. Maybe this is scary. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's so scary stuff. It's kind of it's kind of scary that the hand of God is a bit of more like a sieve, you know. Yeah, <laughs> there's not much you can do about that. No, the scary thing is that there are people who are believing Pat Boone and will probably vote for Trump to get the hand to come back. Mm. Pat Boone's history would be uh, he played David Wilkerson in a. In a movie that was a rendition of uh, Crossing the Switchblade. Oh, have you ever? Have you I've heard that, that movie. I've never seen yeah. it. So no. it's kind of weird that now he's the voice of you know, the, the intercessor between God. That's that's great. He got a promotion. Well, he, but he he's always been very conservative. Back when he was when what was it during the seventies? Was Pet Boone um, popular in the seventies when he was recording all of those songs? He's always been very conservative and then his, his daughter Debbie Boone has always been you know very conservative so it's not it's not too surprising you know that he's coming out with this stuff now he's just never changed yeah but now he's the voice of God well that's yeah. what we atheists have been saying for a long time is that part of the you know lack of evidence for God is that there's all this terrible shit and he ain't doing nothing about it and at least this guy's admitting to it eh? okay hold mm-hmm. on a sec here hold on a sec it seems that uh, we've lost Ah, I can hear you again. Oh, you can hear me again. Aha, fantastic. Oh, good. <laughs> I didn't even do anything, and you just popped back in for some reason. Uh, so, 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 so you lost most of the conversation that we were talking about. I heard the word Trump and nearly cried, and that was about <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Well, there was, there's, there's, <laughs> briefly, there's essentially a, a Pat Boone in the States is saying that God has removed his hand of protection from the States. Uh, because um, because of immigrants and and, <laughs> and food stamps uh, and stuff like that. So, do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't even know where to begin on that. <laughs> well, like I said, you know that God's hand is probably full of holes anyway from all those nails on the cross and all that. So, I mean, what uh, kind of protection? Yeah, that doesn't help. And uh, I mean, is there any evidence of a time where God's hand of protection was there? I probably not, but I can't help but visualize. Remember that old Star Trek episode where you get that big hand in space that's holding a spaceship? I can't help but visualize that right now. Well, Kevin and I were talking on the way here about sure. this whole divine intervention thing. Yeah, and you have like a school shooting, right? Bunch of kids die, but then one kid gets shot and he's just paralyzed. Hey, praise God. He <laughs> saved his life because he's just paralyzed, not dead. There's a meme going around on Facebook at the moment of. Somebody saying how their sister's house burned down in a fire and she died, but the Bible was untouched and it was a miracle. <laughs> it's like, there's some missing priorities here somewhere. Yeah. Can you imagine if you were God watching it happen? You're just like, you know what? Screw her, but I'm going to save the book. Well, you know, maybe what she <laughs> What a dick. Well, maybe what she should do. To be fair, I've got some really nice books. <laughs> <laughs> maybe what she should do is burn the Bible and maybe her sister will come back to life. Yeah. yeah. Give yeah. that a shot. What do you have to well, lose? Oh. 
<laughs> it's worth a shot. <laughs> All right. So today we're doing a show on Gnostic versus Agnostic. And <coughs> there's that famous scale, that Richard Dawkins scales of 1 to 7. How strong of an atheist are you? And if I go around the room and ask everybody, and we'll start, I'll start with you, Chris. If, you, if I call you uh, from the, the 1 to 7 scale, how, how strong of an atheist, how sure are you about no divine presence? See, this is one of the things which I've been discussing with Tyler quite a lot. If I have to go specifically on the scale, it's kind of intellectually dishonest to go any stronger than a six. But the point that I always make about it is that there's a lot of different God claims, and some of them you can be quite Gnostically atheistic about, while others not so much. Mm-hmm. So when you get into a Christian type of God, then yeah, I'm a seven. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree with that statement, and I, that's where I stand myself too. I mean, uh, and I love it when the Christians are saying, Are "You sure there's no God?" And I usually toss back at them. I just make up something that says, "Well, you know, you you guys are promising me eternal salvation, while Putikana, the pygmy god, is promising me eternal salvation and a pig. <laughs> Can you guys top that offer?" Well, that that's because the Christian God, unlike the deist God or the pantheist God, makes predictions you know what i mean that you can kind of test so i can see how that is but i'm gonna have to take the richard dawkins answer and say in general like with the, even with the ds god i'm a 6.9999999999 wow even with the ds god yeah. or the pantheist god i'd agree with you guys about the the christian god or the muslim god about being a seven for sure but when it comes to the deist god. Even the, the, the force, the, the undescript force of creation or force in the universe, you're still at the 6.9. Yeah, because it's kind of like what you I said. I agree with Tyler here as well. I wasn't going into the whole decimal point thing, but for all <laughs> intents and purposes, anything below 7, you still allow enough of a margin for error to remain intellectually honest while still being pretty damn sure on your position. Well, and it's it's just the burden of proof, right? You can't say, I can prove that God doesn't exist because that just doesn't really make any logical sense. But Kevin was saying the other day, you know, a long time ago, God was on a mountain. Then we checked the mountain. No God. God was in the sky. Well, then we checked the sky. No God. Outer space, same thing. And so what they've done is they stick God right before the Big Bang because they know that we currently can't test that far back, so yeah. it's the God of the Gaps fallacy, right? Uh, I think Neil deGrasse Tyson said it best. God is an ever-receding ever pocket of ignorance. Okay, I'm going to let the other people answer yeah, yeah. before I start talking about thermodynamics and everything else. Kev, feel free to jump in and you can shut this guy up. You have yeah. to interrupt me or you'll never get to talk. Yeah, <laughs> shut up, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, I, I do agree with you that uh, that seven is too strong. Like, If you want to be scientific about anything, then you have to be open to the possibility somewhat. But um, like that, if a seven would just mean that I'm just displaying my bias. But having dissected the Bible myself and like found all the origins that I could and everything it doesn't hold up so the Christian God is like as definite a seven as I can give you mm-hmm. well, but you're reading it wrong everything that science <laughs> every, every, everything that science has disproved is supposed to be metaphor and everything it can't disprove is literal That's well, right. I think that Genesis for example was just like a kind of a story told to kids about the coming of age the snake is a euphemism for a penis, and innocence is, you know, like, once you have sex, you can't undo it. You know? <laughs> it well, and it's also stolen from 
Mesopotamian stuff, right? So there's there's a similar story with Gilgamesh and all that. Yeah, Anu and Nucky and all those other weirdest. Well, you know, I would almost boat. go with that 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 analogy, except I would give it more credence if instead of an apple, she was picking walnuts. Now that would be more okay, sense. Yeah. <laughs> How about sense. you, Nancy? You're awful quiet. Well, what's you're gonna have to refresh my memory. What is seven and eight? what is seven and eight? Well, there is no so on the scale. One to seven. It, it only goes to seven. Well, the, the, yeah. the, 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 that's what dog. I thought it went to nine. That's where. Well, that's you can no, put it. Seven. Seven. Okay, it all matter. right. Seven's the number of completion. You can use labor. a percent. You can use a percentage if you want. Seven yeah. is just. I'm a hundred percent sure no god of any kind could possibly exist. Yeah. Well, I really am a seven, but I hate to be. <laughs> I, I really hate to be considered closed-minded because you never know. So I guess I'm yeah. sort of at the six point. Yeah, I've got. I, I think I think you really owe it to yourself, you know, to be surprised in life, and you know, to say what if. So yeah, if there's that little there's that little gap, but really and truly, I am close-minded. <laughs> I'm a seven, <laughs> but, w- but, once, but I don't want to be accused of it. Once you say seven, <laughs> then you have the burden of proof to provide evidence that it is physically. I know, and I'm, so. I'm incapable okay, I, of I doing a, that unless I call you, so I'm I, I on my a, own. I have a question for Christopher, but I'd like you guys to answer it too. So there, I think there are different degrees of certainty. So I said, you know, 6.99 with God, right? But where do we put other things like... Bigfoot and fairies and mermaids. Because I am, I, when it comes to mermaids, I'm a seven. Same thing with magical fairies and crap like that. Bigfoot, I'm probably like maybe a six, you know, because it doesn't violate uh, evolution. It doesn't violate physics. Mermaids do. Magical fairies do. God does. Like, do we have a, a line of degrees of certainty here? Uh, I, will, I will point the audience back to some of our previous shows, especially the Sasquatch Hunter, where we actually discussed that. And yeah. It was a very good discussion. What do you think, Christopher? So, uh, I take it you're getting along the whole kind of lines is people who start making fun, calling themselves an a-leprechaunist as well as an atheist <laughs> in the discussion groups, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm more saying that Bigfoot is more likely than leprechauns, and Bigfoot is more likely than uh, God. I just don't know where to oh, put yeah, these yeah, things absolutely. in a slot, right? Um, I don't think it's really addressing the same kind of area at all, though, because like you say, one of them is physically, evolutionarily possible. There is no reason why a Bigfoot can't exist. But as you say, then we start getting into fairies and magical things like giant space daddies in the sky and it starts to get into realms of things which we've just got no reason to believe that they exist in the first place. Well, and that, that's why I put the Christian God in the same category as leprechauns and mermaids and that kind of thing. I have a little bit more respect for the, the deist people, but it kind of seems like, you know, the simulated universe argument that we're living in a, in a computer program one of my arguments against that is the same as the Deus God is if you can created a computer program, why would you have fucked up shit like cancer killing babies and all that kind of stuff? So I think and you can use this. Even then, it just knocks the question back a step. We're not, we may be answering where we came from, but then where did they come from? And it, if they're in a simulated universe, well, where did that come from? And yeah. it doesn't answer a question. The great philosophers ACDC touched on that in one of those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm who made who? I, I think it also depends on, uh, if we're talking about the magical creatures and fabulous creatures, I think it also depends on the, the 
precise description of a creature. Let's take, for example, a fairy. Uh, now, if, if you th- talk about a full, miniature, perfectly formed human with wings, unlikely. But if you talk about something that is humanoid shape that could actually fly, well, maybe that's a bit more likely. You know, not necessarily like, like like the cartoon fairy, but something that could be described as a fairy, just as a creature that we don't know. And of course, it doesn't, ha- it hasn't happened, and I really doubt to be anything like that. But I think how descript- uh, how uh, precise you are in your description of the creature will affect whether or not it's possible. I wouldn't like completely disagree with like unicorns. We got narwhals with like the big horn, and we got <laughs> horses. So like. What's to say that didn't happen? Well, and that wouldn't violate any laws, evolutionary evolution, or yeah. physics or anything. But I think God does. Now, if you look up this link, it's from Boulder, Colorado University. It's called. You just type in "Quantum God Boulder, Colorado." It's like an advertisement for a book, but he gives a bit of a description and he kind of explains how even the deist God or the pantheist God completely violates physics, like. We, we talk about actual scientific evidence, and the furthest you go back, you end up with this tiny little ball of energy, and then the Christians or whoever says, oh, well, then God created the energy. Well, the first law is that energy can't be created, right? So not to mention intervening in the universe, and like Christopher said, if, if God is intervening, then it would be detectable, right? So yeah, but, but he, he's supposed to operate outside of physics. <laughs> no, you, hold on a second. You, you, you just said there that God, the entity, the, the, the force, whatever you want to describe it, would be a violation of physics? Yeah, that's, uh, that's well, he would be. I agree with Tyler there because, like... Surely you can't be serious. He, he would I have to serious. be... I've actually written an article precisely on this, which is a very, very biased opinion with some large words thrown in to try and sound intelligent, basically. <laughs> good, good, good but science. The basic idea being that the theistic, omnipotent God is supposed to be an unlimited, infinite amount of positive energy, and then we look at the zero energy total universe and negative energy, therefore obviously balancing out the positive energy, and negative energy being things like gravity. So if at any point an infinite amount of positive energy existed within the universe, it would therefore necessarily have to create an infinite amount of gravity, which would make the universe collapse within itself. Inconceivable! Possibly. <laughs> yeah, and, and you I could be entirely wrong. Do, do you have any articles that you've written on deism, for example? Yeah. I haven't. I'm not sure if there are any on the site. I haven't looked through every article on there. Well, but you're I've not the only one. Yeah, yeah, you're not the only one writing. I'd really like to read something like that. Now, I'm, I take pride in being an empiricist or, what do you call it, a logical positivist, you know, where empirical data, blah, blah, blah. But I got to tell you, the one belief, I guess, that I have that I can't really demonstrate is I, l- I absolutely love the oscillating universe idea. I think it's wonderful. I think it coincides with a lot of different things that explains the horizon problem hold on hold on all these different things so i think that is a better explanation than hold on, what came we, before the big bang we oh, don't all God. speak tyler here so oscillate about, well what is oscillate yeah. what does oscillating mean cyclic model yeah like the, expanding the contracting expanding yeah. Contract. model yeah <laughs> yeah the, the <laughs> what was that is that correct Yes, yes. Yeah. I think yeah, it just cool. made... Yeah, think yeah it, that's what I hold to as well, personally. Oh, oh good, yeah. good. I thought I was going to get in trouble on that one, but everything moves in cycles, whether it's the water cycle or whether it's you know planets orbiting or 
I mean, just the the amount of cycles in the universe would take forever to kind of list, and I, I think it just makes a lot more sense. And I guess the problem with it is that it is so perfect, that's kind of what makes me skeptical anyways, is that it completely eliminates God. Absolutely. And solves the problem of Internet energy reg- needing to be created or destroyed. And it also... the energy yeah. has existed and in it, one state or another. And it solves the problem of infinite regression. Well, what came before yep. that? Because David Hume, everybody knows who that is, I'm assuming, mm. he made he's this really funny thing. Well, where did God came from? What created God? Well, Super God. What created Super God? Super Duper God. <laughs> and My so six-year-old so asked me this question today. And I wasn't quite prepared to get into infinite regression with him today. <laughs> maybe tomorrow. Uh, if I've slept a bit better, maybe. Uh, my eldest asked... We got into the infinite regression discussion when he was five. And he's got a fantastic mind on him. And he absolutely schooled me on it, on coming up with something that I'd never thought of. And... We basically discussed that no matter whether you go with God or a non-deistic origin, you always have to get to a point where something came from nothing. Mm. And this was before I'd heard of the oscillating universe theory, and his answer was, well, why did there have to be nothingness? What if the default is somethingness? Exactly. And it's like, I just got schooled on astrophysics by a five-year-old. Yeah, Peter Bogosian made that same argument, too. I also have a five-year-old, and she asked me, probably within the last six months, about the same thing. Where did this come from? Because I I encourage that. Like, I've shown her from Big Bang to Man and all those different, you know, documentaries and stuff, and and I actually answered her, like, because I saw that Louis C. Clark or whatever Lewis, whatever it is, where the kid keeps asking him, "Where did this come from? Where did this come from?" He's like, "Oh, fucking no, shut up!" But, <laughs> but I actually answered her, and we went all the way back because I mean, she wanted to know where stuff came from. So obviously, you get to supernovas, and then you know, I explained that stars are gas and hydrogen and helium, and I explained where that came from, and then we got all the way back to the energy, and then the infinite cycle, and I explained the oscillating universe, and she's like, "Okay, thanks. Uh, can I go play outside now?" Huh. Like, I'm glad I heard of that first, because otherwise I'd have been so fucked. Yeah, why is I it know, more? It's so much easier being a deist. God made it. <laughs> End of discussion. Yeah. Now you can go. Answer. Now you can have an ice cream cone and go play. <laughs> what were you saying, Sawatsky? The whole question of like what made what, what made what. It's just a, it demonstrates the limit of like our human understanding when we were, were born. Like everything useful, like tools wise, we have to make. So it would be natural that a kid would do that. But for adults. Why is it more reasonable for us to like believe that there's a giant god that's infinite and has always existed and always will exist rather than the universe is infinite and always has existed and always will exist independent of this supreme being who somehow has the power to like manipulate an entire universe into existence. Well, we've we've discussed these kind of things on a regular basis. I think as a species, we're still I think in the infancy of our species in in, in certain ways. Uh and I think uh, we still are to the point that we prefer a bad answer to a non-answer. Uh, yeah, I agree with that completely. Yeah. We're innately curious, and we want to drive for answers. Oh. But, like, as you say, as soon as we've got an answer, we'll stick with it and we'll defend it, and it doesn't really even matter on a species level if it's right. No, we're, we're a bit like that, that uh, three-year-old kid that has his blankie. 
No, that takes the blankie everywhere. He doesn't need the blankie. He knows he doesn't need the blankie, but it's comfortable. And that's what the, the role of God still is today in our society. It's our blankie. Well, and the thing is that people, I keep saying this, I know, but kids need to learn about logical fallacies because I was a deist and then I learned about logical fallacies and probably within a month I lost like a hundred retarded beliefs. God was one of them because I kept saying, I used personal incredulity. I can't imagine how all of this came from a tiny ball of hot energy and then... Well, where did this come from? Well, God must have done it. Argument, yeah. you know, God of the gaps fallacy. Yeah. And that's what people just keep using over and over and over again. And from what I've, I've asked people around the world, what kind of, you know, education they got on logical fallacies in elementary school and high school. And the answer has pretty much been none. The only problem you've got with teaching your kids about logical fallacies is the inevitable letters you get home <laughs> from school after they've been calling their teachers on them. Yeah. I have a question for you. That would be great. Um, how do you deal? I've like, had that letter. Oh. <laughs> hey, Chris. So you Hello? run, you run uh, like answers and reason, right? Um, do you find like yes. this is what I've always found like arguing with like young Earth creationists and stuff like that is that their answers are simple and palatable and easily understood by people who don't have any kind of education in what we're doing here. It you takes a lot of is, information. Yeah, It's because they didn't it's, think of the answers. Yeah, because they can't envision it. They've gone and spoon-fed them by somebody else. <laughs> well, that's why it's so attractive, because it's easy to yeah. understand. You want to start researching quark-gluon plasma and thermodynamics, mm -hmm. or do you want to say, fuck it, God did it? You know, I, I had a Christian once that come to me, and one of us trying to explain, you know, what we thought we knew about the Big Bang and all that. He says, he, he actually was a bit smart, a bit of a smart ass, and tossed at me. He says, don't you think that God explanation is better? I said, well, it's simple. And then he said, well, isn't that like Occam's razor? You know, <laughs> a simpler explanation tends to be the best. I said, no, well, mm. not if it's not right. But yeah, it, that's but a it, misuse it, of Occam's razor. It violates yeah. it. If you actually go back on a chemistry, molecular, atomic level and you go back in time elements get less heavy like lighter meaning less protons right yeah everything becomes more simple and then you get to hydrogen which has one proton no neutron right mm -hmm. and then you get to quarks and then you get to quark gluon plasma and then we're stuck right and then you stick this ridiculously complex god right before all the simple building blocks that doesn't make any sense if Deepak Chopra would say it's not complex, it's just consciousness. Yeah. Mm. You can just hear him. Because consciousness is remarkably simple, of course. That's of why course. we understand yeah. it so perfectly. How well, do you well, get around that, though? Like, how? what do you personally do when you come up against somebody who's just... You, you, some people just go into an argument, they're not able to be convinced, and it's just... Useless. Well, the willful ignorance is a waste of time. Yeah. Well, I, I, I always, when I bump into this kind of person that doesn't want to budge in any way, shape, or form, I just try to plant the seed just try to plant the seed so well you know yeah think about it and you i'm not going to convince you i'm not trying to convince you but if you could just plant just a little seed of doubt in his mind like with a drill bit <laughs> you can if you want to <laughs> Did that work but yeah you've got a couple of options as well is that most people inherently think that they are logical right even if everything that they think is completely illogical they will still hold on to the belief that they are a reasonable, rational person. No, I don't. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, there may be exceptions. But, so then what you've got to do is try and find a way of promoting or 
getting them to explain how they think it's logical and then giving them an option which is more logical by the same processes that they're admitting to value. Yeah. Well, you're, you're that's, like, that, that's, that's again planting a seed of doubt. You're, but you're, then, the of course, aim, you get right? people well, who that's just what, start shouting a, and. Yeah, that's what Peter Bogosian. any of it. That's what Peter Bergoshin has, has tried to do, taking the, the Socratic method and then writing yes. uh, manual for creating atheists, and now he has an app for street epistemology yes, that will oh, yeah. that I will take that. you step yeah. by step in getting people to doubt their own beliefs through questioning themselves and not having you uh, try to destroy their their logical thinking. Yeah, there's just well, you, I think you'd have to study ahead of time because there's something really unconvincing about having an argument with somebody and always referring to your phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it, eventually, maybe you you know you get so familiar with it. It's it's like you can't carry a manual for creating atheists around and look for the page, you know that will that will help you. You've got to you've got to commit it. You know well, some of the, the process uh, to, to memory. We need we need to get Peter back on the show. Anyway. Yeah. Christopher's right though because I remember being like twenty one, twenty two. You know, I knew quite a bit about like politics and history, and I thought I was smart and all this kind of stuff. And then somebody, in, I think it was my brother, introduced me to Michael Shermer, but he introduced me to logical fallacies, too. And I was just, just the Wikipedia list, the list of logical fallacies on mm. Wikipedia. Yeah. And I read the entire thing. And at the end, I was like, I am fucking retarded. Mm. Because I was using them. You could have told you that. Yeah. Uh, no problem. Like I, did, I didn't get, I didn't get completely ridiculous. Like I wasn't a Christian. I didn't, I didn't subscribe to ancient aliens. But I got sucked into Graham Hancock's bullshit. Mm. You know where oh the the worldwide archaeology community is banding together to suppress the truth that Graham Hancock single-handedly discovered. <laughs> And every all the experts are wrong, and the, you know it's a conspiracy. And I used to watch that show, that uh, conspiracy theory with Jesse Ventura. Oh yeah. I used to watch it and be like, I have special knowledge. I know things that nobody yeah. else knows, and that was attractive to me. And then I realized if I keep doing this, I'm going to look like an idiot more and more because my brother was an actual skeptic. And to some people, you might sound smart going on about the fucking Illuminati. That's <laughs> what happens when you're taking knowledge from a re- an ex-wrestler. Although I really should yeah, say no that. Doubt. It's a fallacy in itself to say that. Can yeah. I ask uh, Chris? Ad hominem. Yeah. Hey, Chris. Um, w- yes. I, I don't know you that well because I haven't actually uh, seen your site yet. I just found out about it today. But uh, were you uh, ever religious or spiritual or anything like that before this? Or, like, where do, um, where do you come no. from? No. I, I was brought up around mostly kind of the hippie pagan oh, Wiccan yeah. kind of thing yeah and I, I never believed any of that stuff I went to a Church of England primary school and used to get into trouble for just sitting there with my eyes open during assembly while everybody was supposed to be praying yeah, and singing I hymns I went through a phase in my like mid-teens where I wanted to find something that I believed in uh-huh and I spent a few years just reading about Christianity. I read two different versions of the Bible from cover to cover. Yeah. I researched about Buddhism and Hindu. And it's, I wanted to find a kind of underlying current of truth for all of it. Yeah. And I just came away with, no, it's just all bollocks. Yeah, very similar here. But, uh, well, the reason I was asking you that is because, like... Uh Sometimes you're kind of confronted with 
the moral question. Like Tyler and I had like a five day argument or something like that about this. And I won. Morality. No, he actually. <laughs> <laughs> but there, sometimes for some people, like their religion fills a kind of a, a need in their life to like, you know, like whether they're mourning or whatever, it gives them some sort of sense of purpose. I don't know. Is it like, yeah. is it ethical or is it moral to like, Strip that away if you can. How do you approach that? I've had this discussion before, and I think it really depends. Because you look at, I mean, you look at it as a comfort for mourning. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't take it away from somebody while they are mourning. Yeah, yeah. Like, my grandma lost my granddad, Mm -hmm. and she was a religious person. He wasn't particularly, and she fell into the religious trappings to cope with her loss and I'd have never dreamed of taking that from her at that time no but doubt. it's false hope Yeah, it's not a real comfort so to take it away from somebody before they need it means that they then have a chance to find something else and that's what we've got to do well I, I'm, I'm going to differ with you just slightly in that i do oh. think it's it is it is a comfort you still is he still there yeah of course oh, okay there. yeah that it, it is a comfort at at the time when you're mourning someone oh, oh yeah yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it is because it's, the, it's that's a false hope as in thinking that somebody has gone to heaven and they're mm. in a better place and all of that is a false hope but, but the comfort that they're getting is absolutely genuine. Yeah. That's why I'm saying that I wouldn't rob that of somebody. Yeah, ab- because absolutely. Because they are getting real. And the payoff yeah, is supposed it, to be when it, they're it, dead anyway. Comfort, so it, it, the, the comfort that at some at some point when you die, you're going to be reunited. Why are you looking at me when you're saying you die? <laughs> well, mostly because the mic points this way, and I have. <laughs> if I don't make it to the next show, you heard yeah, it here first. I'll have to, might I'm gonna, be taking me out. I'm going to have to sit someplace else because you always accuse me of <laughs> looking at you Something when I make some comments. kind of a bizarre point. So, you're gonna have to, at any rate, I, I the, the comfort is real, and I think that. In, in a way, those who are ag- agnostic or, or atheists feel a little twinge when someone dies because you don't have something um, that is comforting yeah. to, to fall back on. And it's, it, it can be difficult to, to recover. Without in, in the I read a piece that was shared around a while ago. It was titled something along the lines of why you want a physicist yes, to speak. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. I, by that Aaron something, yeah. Yes, I, yeah. I should use yeah. that piece no, of my I mean, If you right. can't find comfort and peace and hope from that, then you're not going to find no, it from anything. That's really. true. Physicist? Yeah, totally. Yeah, like, all, yeah. all of our energy becomes part of something else. Yeah. All our matter becomes something else. It's, it's, a, wo- it's right? a wonderful little piece, and I actually use it for my own father's funeral. Of course, I modified it in translate in French, but uh, it actually got me a round of applause <laughs> at a funeral. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly the kind of thing I'd love to have read at mine, but unfortunately, I'll have to have people left who like me. <laughs> and that is that is just statistically improbable. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, no, you know what? I'm I'm very close with my children, and I've pretty much come to the conclusion that if one of them, you know, got hit by a car and died, I would just choose to believe in something. Like I used to have this atheist version of heaven. This is going to sound really stupid, but the idea was that when I die, I wake up hooked up to a computer. And they say, well, that was a cool life. What, what do you want to do next? <laughs> you know, Please that, elaborate on that. <laughs> yeah. that. That was my atheist version of heaven when I was trying to cope with things. I've lost uh, your sound again. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry about that. 
I, th- yeah. I think every time I'm playing a sound, I think you're, every, you're, every time I'm playing a sound bite, I, I lose Chris there. In Tyler, that's uh, what it is. Tyler's atheist heaven. There's a jumbo shrimp, and there's like military intelligence, and <laughs> all. Of no, no, the, atheist heaven. It sounds, sounds like that, an oxymoron. That's really what it was, though. Is I believed in heaven because it was comforting, and then after that, I made up my own. And I guess you didn't hear me, Chris. But what I was saying was, I I used to hope or think when I die that I would wake up hooked up to a computer and they would say, so, okay, what do you want to do next? You know, like I've been plugged into the computer for five minutes, but it lasted so, yeah. nine, 90 years. And continue before the timer counts out. Yeah, my brain <laughs> still goes there because sometimes I'm like, you know what, when I die, I want to wake up and they say, okay, you can go back to being 12 years old and do it all again, but differently. Yeah, let, let's face it. I mean, it's uh, comforting as fuck. Even, yeah, <laughs> a, even as an atheist, the idea of an afterlife and, and, and a heaven is actually a pleasant idea. It's, it's not a bad idea. Which I mean, explains where it came from. Yeah, it's, you know? it's, 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 it's a hope we all have in a way. You well, know? Imagine a caveman 50,000 years ago and their five-year-old daughter dies from disease, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could you really blame them? For, you know, no. thinking I'm going to see her again yeah, after totally. I die in this special place? No, you're right. but, but that's where the, that's where the, the, the physicist... Um, that doesn't uh, help me feel better at helps all. Because <laughs> it, it does help after a while. I mean, you go through different phases of grief. But it does help to think that we are all energy. And in that sense, you know, we're, we're always surrounded by the energy of those who came before us. And, you know, to feel that... That is a more intimate way, you know, to be able to experience, you know, someone who you once, um, you know, had in your life rather than having to wait till you die, I think is a comfort. Mm. Well, but you have to be at a stage when you're ready to, to the accept it. Christian version of heaven where you spend eternity praising God. That sounds, oh, yeah, that's yeah, that sounds kind of boring. Nothing else. Well, I, I disagree with most people on this, uh, but are you? what the hell is that guy's name? He does um, Jesus, science. Be more vague? He does science <laughs> save my soul, and he does uh, 65 million years with a creationist. Do you know that guy? Anybody? Melania Trump. Very, yeah, of course, Melania Trump. She did yeah. everything. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> look up 65 million years with a creationist. It's absolutely hilarious. This guy gets a... Well, hold you telling your audience to look up this guy? Yeah. It's on YouTube. 65 million You're years of the Christian. You're supposed to be pushing atheist material. Like yeah. it, 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 this you? is an atheist. Okay. Oh, okay. This is an atheist uh, thing. Anyways, one of his videos is is talking is about... It's like um, dark matter. Kind of, oh. but that's not his... Uh, Phil, Phil, I think his name is Phil Hellenes, is how my phone pronounces it, but that's also voiceover. But he Go has Google it, Tyler. Okay. He, <laughs> he has a video basically saying... Heaven would get really fucking boring after like a billion years. You know what I mean? <laughs> so what are you doing today? I'm worshiping God. <laughs> what are you well, doing? no, no, not even that. Like perfect Earth. You know what I mean? Okay, I disagree. I'd love to give lay. Me that side. Give me that side again. I'd, it up. I'd love to lay around and play fucking video games all day and have sex. After, I mean, that would be after a billion years. Even that, I think would get. A, imagine the chafing. No, I'm good. <laughs> a tr- a tr- even the most amazing thing in the world would get boring after a. F- certain amount of time I mean, I, I'm if not, you look at yeah, eternity maybe. you're going to end up doing some pretty depraved stuff just <laughs> from something that's still interesting how many ketchups are there for craft dinner anyway <laughs> <laughs> Tyler give me that website so I can look it up just just google 65 million years with a creationist okay, 65. you guys want to hear like a really weird dream that I had because I'm going to share it with Is this relevant? <laughs> it was relevant. I had this, this dream that like Earth was just a big giant amusement park for angels. And they like sat, sat in this machine and they jumped into our bodies as babies, lived life, and their, their memory was completely wiped. 
And then when they woke up, they're like, whoa, that was a freaking awesome ride, man. I'm going to go do it again. Okay, we should start a religion around that. Yes. And get tax-exempt status. Take that flying (laughs) spaghetti monster. Hell yes. That is a great idea. And plus, you can't disprove it, so it's got to be true. Burden of proof lies on the people. Chris, Chris, we need to start our own religion. If I'm possessed by an angel and they have angelic powers, can't they at least, like, fix my pancreas? No, no, they don't remember that they're angels, you see. Their their memories are Oh, right, I see. Yeah. 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 Come on, it sounds more believable than Christianity. <laughs> yeah. The guy from YouTube is Phil Hellenus. Okay, Phil my Hellenus. phone, this is so funny. My phone, because I'm blind and I have to listen to voiceover, it pronounces things all the shit. So in real life, when I'm talking to people, I'm repeating the crap that voiceover says and I sound like a retard. <laughs> hey, you know that guy, Phil Hellenes? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Have you, have you seen it, Chris? 65 million years of the creationist? No, I haven't. Oh, I should bring it up please, when I'm done talking. Please, yeah. please watch it. It is it absolutely freaking hilarious. He takes the creationist back 65 million years ago, and then they live together for the next... Because he wants to show the creationist evolution, right? And that's the premise. Hmm. Yeah. It's absolutely freaking hilarious. He's got some really good stuff. Okay. The, the Science Saved My Soul... Is kind of um, I agree with it, so it's kind of what I post in groups when we're talking about can you be an atheist and be spiritual? And my definition of spiritual would be being in absolute awe of the universe. You know, sure. like we came from stars and that whole thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you are stardust, uh, Lawrence Krauss. Forget Jesus. The stars died so that we could be here. You know, I thought this show was going to be a bit of a, a bit of a kerfuffle. You know, and you know, some people being more gnostics or uh, instead of agnostic, but we're pretty much all agreeing on the same thing here. Yeah, it was so not <laughs> even a debate. <laughs> it's not even a debate. I talked to Christopher about this last night, and it turned out we agreed. And I was like, ah, crap. We can't. usually do. Yeah, <laughs> usually. That's why we've been friends for three years. <laughs> oh yeah. You're on Facebook, Christopher. Say what? Sorry. You're on Facebook. Yes. Okay, I'm going to almost constantly. Mm-hmm. Christopher, yeah. I, well, while I got you here, I got to ask you because it's been uh, uh, I've been wondering about this. How is it like to be an atheist in a? I know it's England and it's seen as secular and all that, but you guys do have a state religion. We really? do, but really nobody cares about it. <laughs> really, I mean, honestly, it's one of those things where it's just it's just not talked about. I mean, I live in a new build area and the community center is also the church and it's a baptist church i believe and the people who organize all the local activities are the ministers from the church and they whenever anything happens unless it's an actual service it's never even brought up so it's a bit like it's a bit like masturbation everybody everybody knows about it but nobody talks about it no, I think we probably talk about the masturbation more, to be fair. <laughs> What's the percentage like there? Because isn't it Canada is, what, 80% Christian or something like that? No. What are we? Canada, Somebody look idea. up the damn percentages. Yeah, I know we're at, least, we're at least 80% for people who believe in, like, a theistic God. How many people in Canada? At least 80%. You think it's 80%? Yeah, in the States, too. Are we, like, the Bible capital? I don't know what it is, but I know no, it's Canada going down. But England it's is... It's becoming more, but England becoming more is a, secular. England is a we're lot less. We're about 60% in England. Yeah, and I, I'm guessing that just I means theistic. I don't think that's true anyway, to be honest, because you get your census, and it's got the little box for Church of England... And it's just what people tick. 
Oh, I agree with you 100%, regardless of whether or not they actually believe it. It's the easy, that's what my parents were. Okay, go on to the next. Okay, there's uh, 67.3% of the population are Christians. Where, here? Uh, No religion is 23.9%, and Jedi, (laughs) 3.2. Just kidding. (laughs) Well, if people were honest, they would be... Jedi, it went up to something like... Somewhere around 10%, I think. Yeah, the 2000-something. Which meant that it was supposed to be recognized as an official, official. religion. <laughs> I think it did and in they Australia. They managed to work their way around it by the people who do the census, then recognized it as a common answer that people would answer mm-hmm. on the census yeah, without agree. actually giving it any validation as a religion in and of itself. I, I would probably go to one of those Jedi churches and think they were full of shit too. I just want a lightsaber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I run into a lot of people. They're like, "God is energy," and I'm like, "Okay, put the joint down." <laughs> <laughs> Have you met God? Yeah. Oh, I used to be all into that hippie bullshit too. So. Oh, great! Awesome. Well, thank you, Chris, so much for joining us on the show. I'm just going to give thank you a, a, couple, a couple of minutes to plug yourself. Be shameless, my friend. Go right ahead. If people want to find out more about you, where can they go? So my website is www.answersinreason.com. And answers in reason is hyphenated to be three separate words. And like I said before, we basically set up to be an answer to find reasonable, rational articles and answers to questions instead of the kind of misinformation and rubbish that people like to spread around on sites like Answers in Genesis. So we've got half a dozen, a dozen different people contributing fairly regularly. Uh, got a good 50, 60 articles on the site at the moment and range from various scientific things uh, I've got articles such as common theistic fallacies, is God a psychopath, <laughs> atheist arguments that we should stop using, which I got to interview Aaron Ra on for a little bit of that specific article. Well, I'll have to check that um, one out. Like I say, we've got Alan who's done like a five-part article on um, dismantling is it uh, William Lane Craig? Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, we've got Joe who does like the anti-vaxxer pieces and conversations with theist articles and there's some really great stuff on there. We've all got very different writing styles and approach different topics. So there's something for everyone to have a look at for sure. What about the groups that you run? Uh, Groups-wise, uh, there's the Answers in Reason group. There's the... Um, Intellectual Discussion and Philosophy, which I'm an admin for. Uh, does God Exist? With a question mark, yeah, that, I'm an admin I, for. Last time I checked, that one had over 20,000 members. Sweet Jesus. Which one was that? Does God Exist? It could well do. I've lost track. Yeah. <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. Do you know yeah, them all personally, a lot of members. Unfortunately, it does turn into a bit of a um, bashing ground... We don't have a lot of active theists anymore, so... Yeah, they are. I noticed that. Yeah, it's just a bunch of atheists sitting around talking. Where'd they go? There's a lot of very smart atheists on there. What did you ask? And kind of core membership that have been there for like the three or four years that I've been an admin. We've seen it all so much that as soon as we see an argument, the 
answer's just there. We can almost type it by muscle memory without even thinking at this point. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I have spent so much time in my notes on my phone just writing out responses to common things just because I'm fucking lazy. I'm like, oh, I've seen this, but go in, copy, paste. Here's your answer. Go away. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Chris, for your time there. Uh, uh, thank you again. Before I let you go, can I have you say, hi, I'm Chris Pike, and I took a left at the valley. Hi, I'm Chris Pike, and I took a left at the valley. And that was Chris Pink out of England. Fantastic fella. We'll have to bring him back for sure. A great discussion of it all this year. Well, that takes us towards the end of our show. Thank you so much to Tyler and Nancy and Kevin for being with us today. Looking forward to hearing much more about you guys. Coming up. We have Eli Bosley coming out. That should be September 3rd. We also have a show we're going to do on Great Blood. We're thinking of being the show on climate change, and we're still trying to get a hold of Russell Rasmussen. Lots of things coming on the pipe. The whole is right here. Favorite podcast, MaxFitValley.com. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter. Send us a message. Send us an email. Left at valley at outlook.com. Let me know what you guys want to hear. You got a subject you want to propose? You want to come on the show? You want to do something? Just let us know. We're more than open, as you can tell. Guys, thank you so much. Until next time. Intelligent people can reach the conclusion that all non-believers are evil. What a fucked up statement. Do you realize what you're saying? But according to your book, this is how your God made me. Skeptical of anything that contradicts history, denies evolution, hates science, promotes mystery. I'd rather seek the truth than to bask in my own ignorance. Rather be alone than surrounded by damn idiots. As long as there's a breath in my body, you can bet your last dollar. Comes from culture, only true on a regional scale. Science is universal. Or you could say that Horus isn't real, but Jesus is, or Zeus, Thor, Mithra, Vishnu, you don't believe in them. I think the reason is apparent. You do what you're told and believe in the God assigned by your parents. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance, and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. Atheist, atheist. I'm an atheist. Let me take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful But I swear to God, pun intended, I find it disgraceful That thousands of children are raped by priests And since they're holy men of God, they get away scot-free And the Pope does his very best to keep it on the hush Don't wanna affect business, he loves money too much We know that they love the kids, but how the fuck can we protect them While they planning to molest them, we teaching them to respect them Respect them Fuck that. The system is broke down, working backwards, and the only action of tactic I plan to practice now is to attack them. The parties of God's hands are bloodstained, millions of murders by believers, and they're all in God's name. And let me
me take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful But I swear to God, unintended, I find it disgraceful That many atheists are told to be quiet, you're not alone Speak your mind, time to let it be known I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer An infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith And unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed I'm an atheist